The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. So hello and welcome everyone to Intuitive Connection. We have a guest again today, Thea Lit. Tios. Did I say it right? That was great. <laughs> that was great because I've known Thea for a really long time now. So it's a good thing that I actually do know how to pronounce your name because that is not always the case. So Thea is a transformational life coach, a consulting hypnotist and teacher of active dreaming. She works with individuals who are ready to reinvent themselves and assist them in learning how to tap into their own intuitive knowledge and messages and to enable them to find the path to their true self, living in alignment with their life's purpose and creating a life of joy. Ooh, I love that mission statement, Thea. And Thea, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's exciting to finally talk to you. And Thea, I wanted to have you on the show because I think of you as my dream expert. Mm. And that's a topic that we haven't really covered on the show. And I know for me and for many of the people that I work with, Dreams are really a powerful source for connecting with your inner wisdom and your higher guidance. So it is definitely in line with the work and the topics that we cover here on this podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I love talking about dreams. I think it's a really important way for the average person who doesn't think they know how to tap into their intuition to actually be able to do that. Oh, I love that. I think that's really True. And I I think too, a lot of people, their first psychic or intuitive experience, I know this is the case for my husband, but a lot of the clients I work with as well come through dreams. Mm -hmm. You know, because that is one of those times when our mind is definitely at rest and our spirit can really communicate with us. So tell me a little bit about your path to doing what you do and how you do it. Sure. Well, I have to start out with why dreaming is so important to me. And I grew up in a family where dreams were very respected and not taken for granted or dismissed. So one of my grandmothers, all of my grandparents were immigrants from Greece, but one grandmother was from a line of healers and intuitives. 
And when she came to the United States, she brought the kind of Greek way of thinking about dreams, which is that they're very important. They do have a lot of messages to share. You can have dreams about the future. So I grew up, I was an incredibly prolific dreamer as a child, but I also grew up sitting around the kitchen table where my family would just share dreams in the morning. You know, it wasn't unusual to say, hey, what did you dream? And if someone said, I think I had a dream about the future, no one thought you were crazy. And the strange thing is I didn't realize how unusual that was until I was literally in my first year of dream teacher training. And people were talking about how, oh, I had no one to talk to dreams about. And this was so hard. And I was like, really? And that was when I realized that my experience was very um, unusual. And so I dreamed a lot in my younger years. I mean, I went through times as an adult where maybe didn't remember my dreams as well. But sometime around, oh, I don't know, maybe 2008, I was looking for a kind of spiritual practice and I had read a book by Robert Moss and I just thought, oh, I want to find out more. So I read another book and then another book. And before I knew what I was doing is workshops. And then he invited me to be in the dream teacher training. So a little over 10 years ago, I became certified as a dream teacher in the path that Robert Moss does, which he calls modern shamanic dreaming. And that kind of led me to also later on become a hypnotist and then a life coach. So it was kind of like my circuitous path. So it all started with the dreams. Yeah, it really did. And I love a couple of things that you said. One, you know, I find this with a lot, this was not my experience, by the way, but I find this with a lot of people that practice as intuitives, as psychics, or really any kind of spiritual practices. A lot of times, though not always, you know, they learned about it in their childhood. They had the people in their world that sort of normalized it and gave them a language to understand it. And so it wasn't like this weird, forbidden, bizarre, woo-woo thing. And I think oftentimes when I hear people say, you know, I'm a third-generation psychic, I do believe that there's aspects of the ability that may be like genetic Mm -hmm. or familial, but I think the bigger deal with that, I've always thought this, is it's the normalization. It's that they had a leg up because as children, there was conversation about this. It was normalized, like they could explore it so they didn't have to shut it down the way so many of us do when you know we get a little bit older and the world says what do you mean you have prophetic dreams that's not a thing yeah or worse yet some people have a prophetic dream and a parent says that's scary like yeah. let's not ever talk about that again i know i've definitely read read stories about that and yeah i was very fortunate and um you know my mother in a lot of ways was like a spiritual buddy cuz We read a lot of books on metaphysics. She was very interested in that kind of stuff. My dad was an engineer. So, of course, he was very, you know, left brain. And that wasn't the way he thought about things. So, yeah, I explored a lot of things, you know, when I was younger. And in an atmosphere where it was, you know, like, okay, to do that. That's amazing. And when you were ready to explore it as an adult, you had that framework, that foundation to fall back on, which I think is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And I'm I'm looking, I hope it's okay at your grandmother's energy right now because she was she was a very interesting lady and her dreams were amazing. They were like the word that comes through it's not a thing but like skyscapes. They were so vivid and almost like a shamanic journey. 
Almost like, so it's interesting that you found the lineage that you did coming from that, because I really do feel that she had the ability, whether she fully used it or not, to go on little adventures in her dreams to support others Yeah, and to get answers to things intentionally. Yeah, I would, it does sound like something she, you know, she would have done. And she did, you know, she was not literate in English. She could speak it, but she couldn't read it. And yet she had a very strong intuitive knowing, I think. Yeah, no, I see. I see that about her. So tell me about, I already forgot the name of the person that you studied under, but tell us that again. Robert Moss. Yeah. Robert Moss. Tell us more about what drew you to that approach. Yeah, it's interesting because, so I used to live in Boulder, Colorado and, you know, Sounds True is near Boulder. So they have, a you know, they must have donated a lot of audio books to the library. So I just picked up one of his books one day and I was really, you know, entranced by it. And I had listened to it a few years before. And when I, you know, I was talking to someone and I said, you know, I need some kind of a spiritual practice. And I thought I would do dreams just because from my childhood, they had been so powerful. And so I literally went to the bookstore and bought a book, the new newest book by Robert Moss. And he literally, he's written 10 or 12 books. He writes about a book a year on dreams, different aspects of it. And the book I picked up was called The Three Only Things. And if you think of the word only with parentheses around it, because the book was about dreams, synchronicity, and imagination. And so it was about the things that people will be dismissive about. Oh, it's only a dream. Oh, it's only a coincidence. Oh, it's only your imagination. And the whole book is about how these are such strong tools for us to be able to connect with our own intuition and healing. And so that book read me to read another one and another one. And before I knew it, I was in an online course of his. And then I came to an in-person course and I was, you know, and he's such a, I mean, he's very intuitive, but he's also like a scholar. He used to be a history professor. So he has written many books. He has, he reads, you know, he does research. And so the enormous amount of information that he brings both to his books and to his workshops makes it fascinating and um, and a lot of fun. Awesome. So someone comes to you for dream reading or dream support. What does that look like? You know, it's interesting because basically there's a certain technique um, that I learned from Robert where, and I teach this in my workshops and classes, about how to communicate about a dream. Because basically the basis of this idea is that you are your own expert on dreams. No one else can tell you what your dream means because I have my own associations with certain symbols and you have yours. But what I can do is ask questions to kind of flesh out what you saw or experienced in your dream. And then I can give you my thoughts about the dream. But it's really important in any kind of dream work that I do with people that whenever you're sharing something about someone else's dream, you say, if this was my dream, because you're basically saying, this is my interpretation of your dream. And the person whose dream it is and the person who's listening can either accept or reject your thoughts. And sometimes having someone share something that's so completely the opposite of what you think about your dream is one of the ways to clarify it because you think, oh, I don't think that at all. And on the other hand, you can have different perspectives 
which bring an incredible insight into what that dream might mean. Because sometimes we're kind of like blinders. We have a particular idea. Or if we've only heard dreams spoken about in a particular way, that's the way we perceive the dream. But to have other people's perspectives is very powerful. Wow. It sounds a lot like therapy, right? When you do Rogerian therapy or client-centered therapy, you kind of make suggestions, you kind of feel into it, and then you let the client clarify and kind of feel into, oh, this feels right. Oh, no, that is definitely not what I'm thinking. So I love that. And I love that it empowers the person you know that is coming to you to hear their own messages And because again, yeah, your dream is personal, right? Just like your intuition. I mean, it is your intuition. It's there for you, from you. It is. And I think, you know, one of the things I tell people that I work with is do not pick up a book of dream interpretations, like because (laughs) they're written from a particular person's perspective and it might not be yours. You know, we all have cultural associations and, you know, many different things that are associated with the symbols that are in our dreams. And, and, you know, obviously sometimes dreams are quite literal. You know, it's not a symbolic, you know, it's like, you know, you see a car accident. It's like, okay, you might actually be, (laughs) it might be a warning. It might be something telling you about the future. There's no symbolism involved. And of course there's ways that we have to explore that so that people can get a better idea. So, all right, that's a really good one that I bet you a lot of people are, that question that a lot of people probably have is how do you tell a symbolic dream from a prophetic dream? What are the cues? How would you feel into that? You know, so there's a technique that Robert teaches and it's called re-entering a dream. And there's a wonderful story he tells. And I'm going to share it because I think it's very powerful. So one of his friends called him early in the morning, very upset because she'd seen in a dream, she'd seen herself in a head-on collision car accident, and she was just terrified. So he brought her back into the dream. And you do that by just picturing the dream. You can either do it with having shamanic drumming or quiet music, but you go back into the dream and you have an intention and you have an action that you're going to take. So he brought her back into the dream And he was just asking her questions. Where are you? She had a very specific intersection that she was at. What's the weather like? It's very snowy. She saw icy roads. And he asked her details. She she knew what car. It was a red Honda. I mean, she had a lot of details. Now, when something is not a dream of the future, it might not have those very specific details available. Now, what was interesting is, did the woman, you know, stop driving? No, but she was very aware, you know, that the next time she might be at this intersection and the weather was bad and the roads were icy. And this is exactly what happened. About three weeks later, she was driving. She was on her way to work. It was bad weather. She found herself at this intersection. She looks across the way and she's the first car that's about to go. She looks across the way and there's a red Honda. The light changes and she just stays there. People are honking, people are mad, come on. And that red Honda came into the middle of the intersection and did a 360 and spun out. And had she moved forward, she would have had an accident. So, I mean, and that's a very clear example. Sometimes you don't know because sometimes the future event is so far out and you don't maybe have a context for it, that sometimes a lot of time has to go by 
before you can go, oh my gosh, that's that dream. And what it happened at that point, it becomes confirmation. It's like it's saying you are in the right place at the right time. So, but it is good to explore. I mean, one of the questions in this process of exploring a dream, we ask, could this be a dream of the future? Could it be? And so you can explore that aspect. It doesn't mean that's the only way we look at it, but you at least explore the possibility that the dream could be of the future. Wow. That is a very powerful story. And it also gives some clues about what could be a future dream. All right. Here's another question that's popping into my brain. Why do you think we would have those precognitive dreams? Like, what do you think is the purpose? You know, I think there's a few different purposes. I would say in the case of this woman with the car accident, you know, her higher self or was whatever was, it's like, here's a warning, you know, just beware. And there have been times where, you know, that obviously, like in this example, has made a huge difference. But I also think sometimes our dreams of the future, now sometimes they're very mundane. They're not even really anything important, but what they are affirming to us is that, yes, we can dream of the future. And then sometimes they can be an affirmation in the sense that we find ourselves in a circumstance that we can, if we can remember the dream, we can say, oh yes, this dream is confirming that this moment is a positive thing because I saw it before. I I think a lot of deja vu is that we dream something and then we're in the circumstance. I'm like, God, this seems so familiar. And it is because you've dreamed it before. Because we've been there, yeah. Yeah. I always think of deja vu as I saw this before I came into my body and and here it goes again. <laughs> but it could be both. It totally could be both or a lot of yeah. things. Yeah. No, I think it's really powerful. And I think, and I'm hearing that a lot of times, you know, our guides or spirit will give us those little glimpses for a couple of reasons. One, because sometimes that preview is helpful because it is a warning or a little heads up of this is coming. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I know in my case, we've asked for it. Like sometimes getting a little bit, I remember my first day of class, I was taking a new class and I was nervous. It was a new class with new people. I, you know, it was early in my master's and I just sort of, I don't know. I was just like, I just, I'm nervous about this. And as I was falling asleep, I saw the face of of someone in the class and someone I hadn't taken a class with yet. And his eyes kind of glowed at me in a very nice, loving way. And, you know, there he was in the class when I showed up the next day. It was reassuring to me to have made that connection in advance. It was yes. almost like that little preview was like, ah, all right, we're 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 on the right path. We're doing the right thing. Like everything's not scary and new and out of control. Yeah, absolutely. And I think those little moments, as I said, you know, so it wasn't a big prophetic dream, but it was just enough, just a little nugget of information that made you go, oh, okay, we're okay here. Everything's good. Exactly. Yeah. Love it. Now, not all dreams are prophetic. And, you know, many of us dream many dreams a night that do not tell the future at all. What do you think the purpose of, you know, those non-prophetic dreams are? Like, is that our soul speaking to us, communicating with us? I mean, I guess all dreams are that. You know, I think dreams... Dreams can happen on a lot of levels. So I think there's little dreams and there's big dreams. You know, big dreams can be really guidance from our higher self. And little dreams might be something like, I'm trying to work out a problem. Like, you know, how do I set my schedule up? You know, it can be something very small and mundane, but another part of our mind is working when we're asleep. And so, you know, the dots can be connected in a way that, 
we can find it difficult to do when we're awake. And I also think, you know, dreams can be used for healing and guidance. I mean, I've asked questions of my dreams before I go to sleep and I've had an answer, which, you know, helped me at a point in my life where I really had to make a decision. And, you know, the dream was to me at that moment, a very clear example. So, you know, I think dreams can be a lot of things. And I do think there's a certain level at which we're working things out in our subconscious mind when we're asleep, which whether you remember your dreams or not, you might wake up and feel like, oh, I know what to do now. Right. And that's a really powerful point. So even sometimes if you don't have that consciousness about what you dreamed about, you still might get the job done Mm -hmm. in the dream state. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. That's really powerful. Yeah. And I want to ask you a little bit about some tips to remember your dreams because I know not everybody does. But before we get to that, so don't let me forget to ask you that question. Mm -hmm. You said a bunch of other things that really interested me. One thing that sometimes happens to me when I'm really, really stressed and really, really worried is I may occasionally spend the night in a light layer of sleep Mm -hmm. perseverating on a problem. And those don't feel like very productive nights. Those just feel like nights where all of my dreams is like whatever you know, spinny energy I went to bed with. And I don't usually wake up feeling better. I sometimes even wake up feeling annoyed. Other times when I kind of go into the dream state in a little bit of a higher vibe, I can say, all right, I don't know what to do about this. I want to separate it for a little and send it higher. And then, you know, I'll often get the answer that I need. But there are times when I go to bed with a problem and then I just stay in that problem all night long and I don't find that refreshing or helpful at all. You know, I think intention has a big part to play when you're just about to go to sleep. And when you are trying to solve a problem, as you say, if you set an intention and you can write it down, you can have a question, you can write it down, you can put the piece of paper under your pillow or something. But if you set the intention to have a dream to answer the question or help you solve a problem... My experience is that I can actually go into a deeper state of sleep because I'm not trying to solve the problem. It's like I've passed it over. Like, please help me with this. And, you know, an example that I had, and I don't even know how I knew how to do this because I was in my late 20s at the time. So this was a long time ago. But I used to be a professional photographer. And when I started my career, I had read about someone who started out doing travel photography by going on a long trip, taking a lot of pictures and coming home and writing articles and publishing those photographs. And that's how he started his career. So I thought, oh, I'll do that. So I was on a long trip. I traveled all around Europe. And while I was there, I had been guided to go to Fintorn, which I did. And at Fintorn, I met someone that I was just convinced was my soulmate. And we had a very strong connection. And so like four days before I was leaving, I was staying with relatives and I got a letter from this person and it was, it really made me think, should I try to stay in Europe to see if something can happen with this relationship or should I go back to the States? And I was really torn because either option seemed very viable to me. So I went to sleep that night and I said, I need to know, should I stay or should I go? And the dream I had that night was so interesting because it was a dream of a train that was traveling over the countryside And it was like rolling hills. And there were times where the train was on the tracks and there were times where the train was off the tracks. It traveled easily either way. But when I woke up, I realized I was very upset when the train was off the tracks. So to me, the message was stay on track. 
And I decided to go back to the States and I did. And it was, you know, I later on learned a very good decision. So, and that was a really clear example. You don't always get the answer that same night, but if you ask a question and you really go to sleep with the expectation that I'm going to get an answer, um, you often will. And it can be helpful. That was a real crossroads for me. Like I really needed that. (laughs) I needed that dream at that time. That's huge. And I think it's the energy, like you said, the energy that you put out there. I'm letting this go. I'm sending this up to the higher guidance. I'm surrendering to whatever wants to come back to me. And maybe that would have helped me not have all those weird nights when I'm just perseverating over a dumb problem, like what to do about, you know, where to put the couch and not getting a good night's sleep. Now, I think that that's so powerful. Mm. You know, one of the things that I did that not a lot of people know, but I actually wrote a sleep book and I wrote a sleep book for kids because, you know, I, I worked with kids for so many years in my practice. And you see that a lot of kids and families have a lot of issues at bedtime. And what should be a magical time going to sleep does not always feel so magical, especially from the parents of young kids. But one mm-hmm. of the, the tools, and, and you know, like everything I do in life, everything was intuitively guided and based on stuff I've been doing with my clients anyway. Mm-hmm. But one of the tools in the uh, book, which I think is a little bit similar to what your teacher did, is when someone has a persistent nightmare. I often teach the child, and I've done this in sessions later on, but I've also guided parents to teach the child when they wake up to kind of calm and center themselves, decide how they would like the dream to go instead, and then go back to sleep. And I know I use that a lot. If I'm having a nightmare or a bad dream and I wake up and I'm uncomfortable, I kind of ground myself, I get calm, and then I go back in there and I fix the problem. You know, is that, what do you think about that? Is that a thing? Yes, it is. And it's a matter of fact, it's a really important thing. And I think by teaching children that, you can actually teach them that they don't even have to wake up to change things around. You know, Robert tells this wonderful story about his daughter tapping him on the shoulder one night. And she said, I had a bad dream. And he noticed that she didn't seem really upset. And he said, well, tell me about it. And she said, well, these monsters were chasing me And so I put on a dragon suit and I chase them back. I chase them away. And, you know, just there's this wisdom of knowing that. So part of what parents can do is empower their children to say, you don't have to be scared by this. Maybe you can get like a big laser sword, like from Star Wars and turn around and, you know, go after those monsters, but find out what way that child wants to turn their energy around and be strong and be forceful in the dream. And, you know, the interesting thing is that Robert's daughter later said that her monsters became butterflies and they would stay in her pillow and help her. So, you know, very often when we're having a nightmare, we're actually, we're encountering a force that is going to eventually be an ally. But at the moment, we're scared of them because our allies can be very powerful And we have to kind of brave up and face that energy and see what is it? What is it really that's going on here? Oh, I love that. All right. This leads me to another question topic. I don't think we can talk about dreaming without talking about lucid dreams. Mm. I am a lucid dreamer. So I am very often aware that I'm dreaming when I'm dreaming in the dream state. And it comes in handy a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And it definitely comes in handy when something's not going well in a dream. I can either wake myself up 
or more likely I sort of wake myself up, you know, and ground myself and go back in and, and fix the problem. But what's your take on lucid dreaming? You know, I think, like you say, lucid dreaming can be helpful if there is a reason that you want to be aware that you're dreaming in the dream. I think too many people get caught up in lucid dreaming for the sake of lucid dreaming. And the problem is that, you know, if you're aware when you're in the dream, you might be only using a portion of your mind, you know, which is the more conscious part of the mind. And you might be missing a message that would come through if you were using more of your mind, I guess I would put it that way. So, I mean, I've had a couple of lucid dreams, but I don't go after them as a thing because there have been times where, like you say, there's a dream that's scary and I'm thinking, hey, you know, this person just shot me, but you know what? I'm in a dream and I'm going to turn around and shoot them. You know, that kind of a thing can be helpful. But, and also Robert does a lot of journeying, like shamanic journeying. And in, in a way, it is like a lucid dream because you are conscious, your body is asleep, your mind is awake, and you're being guided you know, to do certain things and go certain places. And that's really what going back into a dream is, is to be able to picture a dream and then go back into it with an intention and an action. So in a way, it's it's not a sleep dream. But it is consciously going back into a dream. And you can actually go back into other people's dreams if you have their consent. And especially if someone is facing a very difficult or challenging dream and they want some assistance. Very often at workshops, you know, we'll have a person share a dream. And if it's particularly frightening and they want some allies, then as a group, we will go back into a dream and find out information for that person. Yeah, I think that can be helpful too. Oh, that's a beautiful. So that's almost like a shamanic journeying. It is, yeah. Ah, exactly. Lovely. I know for me, early, early on in my awakening, my intuition journey, and also in my counseling journey, I had a dream. I was in the first counseling class that we had, and we had like partners, and we had to like, you know, do little sessions on each other, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And my partner was awesome because she just, she just didn't hold back. And we had a little problem with our recording device. So I had to redo her session over because it didn't record. And so the night in between, I went to bed and I had a dream about her and her brother. And I hadn't met her brother. I think I knew she had a brother, but I had this dream. Come back the next morning to do our session over again so I could get the tape recording and you know turn it into my professor. And I go, oh, and by the way, I had this dream about you. And she was like, Victoria, that happened this morning. And I am not, you know, I didn't think of myself as a prophetic dreamer. And I remember I had a a teacher at the time and she got really mad at me. She was like, you don't have permission to go into her dreams. And I was like, well, I didn't mean to. (laughs) (laughs) It just kind of happened. So, but I know now I don't really dream for my clients, though I know it's a thing. But I do know sometimes if I have to have a hard conversation or I'm not sure how to handle something, I will often, before I go to bed, ask to do it in my sleep. Oh. You know, let let my highest self chat with their highest self. Let's see what happens. And oftentimes I've had dreams about those conversations. Oh, that's interesting. And then the conversation just flows and magical things happen. So I had a dream once. This is also reminding me. I dreamed for my son's ACT scores because he was so nervous about getting those scores. He has learning <laughs> issues. So his scores never are online with his abilities. And so it's a point of frustration. And he worked so hard. And I had a dream of what his score was. And then I heard him go, okay, I can live with that. 
And of course, like the next day I told him the dream and his response was, okay, I can live with that. And that was his number. Oh, that's great. So again, it's a lot of things. It's let's work this out in a place where we're a little safer. And then also, you know, let's get you ready for that information so that you can flow into it and that, you know, Mm -hmm. it won't be, it'll be a good surprise. Yeah. All right. We have been talking way longer than it feels like. So we have to wind down, but I promised that I would share with the listeners for people that don't remember their dreams. What do you recommend? What helps with that? So this is good advice for people who both don't remember their dreams or want to remember their dreams more. The best thing to do is have a journal by the side of your bed. And the minute you wake up, sometimes it's good to just lay there, like don't move. And it helps if you can give yourself a little bit of time. It also helps if you don't have a jarring alarm so that you can, before you move your body, try to gather any images because they are very ephemeral And you can know that you dreamed. And in that second that you're trying to grab that, they're gone. So just try to gather as many images as you can. Write as much down as you can. And if you do that every morning, you're actually honoring your dreams in such a way that they will be more and more present for you. It's also really good to set the intention before you go to sleep that you will remember your dreams and that you'll remember them in great detail. I also think it does help if you have someone in your household who is happy to talk about dreams is that you, again, honor your dreams by talking about them. And then if there's something within your dream that you can take an action about, you know, it might be that you want to do something creative, like make a drawing or write a poem, but it's another way to honor your dreams. And I do have a blog post on my website about if you really are in a dream drought, how to remember your dreams. All right. We'll make sure we have a link to that in the show notes (laughs) for sure. Any other tips for people that want to get started on their own working with their dreams? You know, Robert Moss has written numerous books and I do recommend his books. Uh, He also is on Facebook a lot and he's got a really good blog. His website is mossdreams.com. But I think, you know, the, the most important thing is to just become aware of your dreams and realize that you can interact with them in the way by recording them, by writing them down, by honoring them, listening to them, trying to figure out what it is your dreams are telling you. And I think that's the most important thing is to just literally give them a place of importance in your life because they are important. And the more attention you pay to them, you know, the more they'll be present for you and they'll speak to you. I love that. I love that so much. Thea, if someone feels called to work with you as a coach, as a dream teacher, as a hypnotherapist, how do they find you? My website is my name, theolitzios.com. And I'm, well, I'm sure we can put the link underneath. And I have a monthly dream group, but it goes in six month sessions. So this will probably be broadcast when my most current one has already started. But if you are interested in going in the next round, you can always let me know by uh, an email or you know sending me a message on my website and I can put you on the waiting list for the next round. Amazing. That sounds great. And as always, we'll have everything in the show notes. But for people who are just listening, can you spell your last name? Sure. It's L-I-T 
S-I-O-S. So my website is my name, theolitsios.com. Perfect. Yay. And we'll have that in the show notes too. And probably we'll also have Thea's name in the title of this episode. But I was just covering all bases because I'm sure there's going to be people that are really fascinated by this topic of dreams and will be called to work with you. So Thea, this was so much fun. Maybe we'll have to do this again one time because I'd love to have you read one of my dreams or help me read one of my dreams. Oh, yes. That'd be really fun. That would be great. Maybe we'll do that on the Facebook Live. In fact, we're definitely going to do that on the Facebook Live. So those of you who aren't in the Intuitive Connection Community Group, if you want to see that or you want to ask Thea about your dreams there uh, when this episode goes live, you know, always we have those videos and they also stay active in the Facebook group for all of eternity or as long as Facebook lets me keep them there. But Thea, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. I know. Thank you, Victoria. This has just been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. And thanks everyone as always for tuning in and namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.